Hello and welcome to the Bravo Outsider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Midwinter, and with me as usual is my co-host, Dylan Ferguson. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's actually like really fucking cold here uh, today uh, in LA, unusually. I mean, for LA. So I'm there's no heating here. So that's why I'm wearing like both of the sweaters I have with me. It's Oh, yeah. It's you're under an, an extreme cold advisory, too. Uh, we were hitting actually, like minus yes. 40. <laughs> We were hitting minus 40 last night here in Winnipeg. So For real? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, each week, we bring on an outsider who doesn't follow the Real Housewives and make them watch the episode and then get their takes. And joining us today is comedian Ryan Ash. Ryan, how's it going? Good, guys. Thanks for having me in your church. This is fantastic. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your awareness around Bravo and the Real Housewives and what that was like before you started watching? <laughs> it's funny you say that because my relationship with Bravo was like maybe when I was a horny 13-year-old, uh, served as a backup to Showcase. <laughs> no choice for catching an errant boob. <laughs> um, but I, I had, but as far as I had known, and I started to see it over the years. Bravo seemed to switch, or maybe not switch. Maybe, maybe I misunderstood the channel from the get-up. But when I was a kid, I seem to remember, in, as a child, my mind's eye of Bravo that was that was an arts and entertainment thing focused on, you know, acting and that kind of like it was almost like. Uh, parading as art house or something right a long time ago i think that was yeah yeah there there was definitely a a pivot so uh right now the real housewife franchise is the flagship but prior to that i would say probably inside the actor's studio with james lipton would have been that that was what i thought of that's the exact show that came to mind when in my mind's eye when i was thinking what my perception of bravo was as a kid but instantly when i saw like the branding attached to the stinger attached to the show. Cause I streamed it. I didn't watch it on Bravo. Right. Yeah. When I saw, I just got it immediately. As soon as I saw the stinger for Bravo in front of the new or the housewife stuff, I was like, okay, so Bravo's one of these networks. Like, I don't know. What's the other one was like PBS or whatever that did like some insane pivot where it's all about quintuplets all the time. Oh yeah. Like uh, TLC. Yeah. The learning channel is now just TLC, which doesn't stand for anything. I was never privy to what channels were upheaved by the reality TV show upheaval because I just Mm. don't typically engage with reality TV much at all outside of uh, drag race, because that's one that my wife and I, Watched oh together. yeah like we watched america canada and all stars oh so yeah that's like really the only reality tv i tend to take in but then when you think about it it's like it's not true because i obviously watch sports interviews i guess that's qualifies as the category in a matter of sorts or some kind of crossover but you know yeah yeah definitely it's interesting that you sort of bring up that like previous era of bravo because there was like a brief time where Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton was still running while Bravo was like a full-blown reality uh, TV station. And they would do these like promos in the summer for their like summer of Bravo where they got all of the personalities together to um, shoot like this fun. The one that that sticks out in my mind is like they're doing this Olympic Games type thing. And James Lipton is is in those promos too. So he was still like... (laughs) you know, treated as this like marquee star alongside um, all like uh, all all the housewives. 
<laughs> That's funny. I wonder how he liked it. I mean, I imagine he had a bit of a sense of humor about it. I mean, he got to have a pretty good career. For- oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, like, anyone that does art analysis as a, a job, if they were to actually apply their eye critically to housewives with like an open mind, I think they would start to see the value of it. And that's one of the things that I'm pretty excited about exploring through the course of this podcast, getting people that are in um, the artistic space, whether it's stand up or any other discipline to watch these shows that I think are often dismissed and watch them with a more open mind and, and critical eye and, try to see the the value of that well as the outsider i can vouch for the fact that if there was two guys that would actually make me want to do that and listen to that directive it's probably you two <laughs> <laughs> i trust your taste i trust the journey you'll take me on so wow <laughs> that is misplaced trust right yeah there. Oh my flattery will get you everywhere <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what else to do but you guys you guys have the x factor craig's introduced me to so many pop culture things and dylan says funny smart things online <laughs> Well, each week we like to start out by going over some bra- some news around the Bravo sphere. And all things considering, this is a pretty light week for Bravo news. I think the big story surrounded former Real Housewife of Atlanta, Kim Zolciak's house being foreclosed upon. Uh, the thing that I mostly want to touch on... She's just a real on, wife now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I did want to briefly touch on, uh, even though we're not going over highlights of the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion... Uh, I did catch it. It did air this past weekend. Dylan, did you happen to catch this? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I did catch it. It was it was good times. Um, I think I'm completely not surprised that Ashley is getting totally fucked over uh, by her ex, uh, who is not even her ex yet. I don't know. I don't worry. Yeah, but, Mike, Michael Darby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, the fact that that he's totally financially fucking her over is something that like. I saw a mile away and it's probably not done. Like they're like, Oh, at least you've got the house. It's like the house isn't even in her name. So she probably wouldn't even end up with that. So it's, uh, <laughs> that was, that was pretty sad, but uh, otherwise fun stuff. What, what did you like about it? Yeah, that was the thing that really stuck out to me as well. She basically is getting out of the divorce, uh, the house and a bit of a promise that if she ever runs into trouble, she's going to uh, get get helped out by Michael Darby, who does not seem like the most trustworthy person in the world. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the the main thing that stuck out to me. The other thing was Mia's co- confusing account of her business setup, and uh, I could not make heads or tails of whether she was the boss or what her um, what her actual. Uh, involvement is with with this business it was very confusing yeah it it kind of came off sounding like she's like a figurehead ceo maybe i don't know um though i think they were a little hard on her with that like when she said that there's three managers and then later said that there's eight board members or something they're like i thought you said there's three like no she's not there's three (laughs) managers but she wasn't helping her own case by like being very unclear especially when she, she said like and we also have a house in charlotte as well as maryland because we're bi-coastal yeah which is you know people in, in, who, who live in la and new york love to bust out the term bi-coastal but somebody can't remember who like rightly points out 
those are on the same coast. That's yeah. just one coast. That's <laughs> so yeah, she wasn't really helping herself. She seemed a little confused with her explanations there. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, clearly she she's also going through some uh, some financial troubles too. Uh, yeah, some struggles. Where's Potomac? Is that in Maine? Uh, Maryland. Maryland. It, okay. It's a suburb of Washington D.C. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. understood. Yeah. Potomac has had a uh, probably I would consider it a bit of a down season uh, when compared to its previous seasons. Uh, it has had a very stellar track record, I think, and this has um, been a season a little bit marred by the um, obfuscating of a storyline about a potential uh, extramarital affair on the part of Juan Dixon, who is Robin Dixon's husband. And all of this came out after they came oh, to the reunion. Oh, Juan Dixon. Oh, sorry. I thought you said. I thought you were saying like uh, on the part of one Dixon, and I was like, oh, oh very, <laughs> very litigious. Wow. Yeah, the son so, of one dick. Was- <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Robin was trying to cover this up to make sure it didn't get out on cameras, and uh, it came to light after the reunion had started. So. It was looking like she might be successful in that, but the Bravo editors were able to cut together a little bit of context that uh, alluded to this at the beginning of the reunion, even though they weren't able to tackle it on there. So I was happy to see that, and I feel like we might that might be the end of end of Robin on uh, Potomac. So uh, yeah. I think we should get into it. Uh, let's start with Miami. Uh, we've all let's. watched the episodes and selected some highlights. Ryan, as the outsider, I'll get you to lead us off. What stood out to you? Um, well, it really. I uh, let me pull up my notes. Um, I, I was trying to um, understand Adriana's side of things. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty much the. I felt like that was kind of the overarching thing of the episode is like, yeah, is this person right or wrong and whatever. But she also like, yeah, I don't know. Whenever somebody does that whole, like the, it tells you all the horrible shit that somebody said about you behind your back. And then like masquerades is I'm telling you now because it's a friend, but it's like, so obviously in the moment intended to hurt somebody. I was like, okay, well, the, yeah. you know, a- Adriana was definitely like a bull in a China shop. This episode, she was not very eloquent in her words when she was talking with Alexia at our uh, Marisol at the that's right Marisol. Uh, opening scene about how her boyfriend hit her up uh, after their their split um and then obviously never loved her yeah (laughs) yeah an insane thing to add that was that was a big one you know that was like you're trying to find every department to hurt someone so it's just like she's doing a lot of that in this episode like a lot of just digging herself a hole and then finishing a scene by like just putting some explosives down in the hole to just blast it way deeper. Like then, she just digs herself deeper and deeper and retreats. Um, and at the same time, like yeah. she talks a bunch of, sh- you know, and then she, she runs away and like does a crying thing. I'm like, man, I know people like this, like <laughs> just because it's my first episode, like happening upon this person. I'm like, everyone else is kind of like, 
guilty until proven innocent. But this person, for me, I'm like, I know people like this, and I can't stand them. Megalomaniacs. <laughs> yeah, in, in elementary who, school or junior high, did you ever have like uh, guys that you went to school with when you're like playing a game and they are clearly their team or they are going to lose they pretend that they're going to get hurt and or that they got hurt and we'll just like end it by you know oh i'm hurt i can't i can't finish this this game that was the story of adriana this episode i feel like oh yeah i you know i i feel for at the same time like i want to take her side a little bit like the thing is, Adriana was one of the the originals on the show, um, and she got her status changed when they revived the show. Yeah, after like several years after it had been canceled, when they were they revived it uh, a couple of years ago, she had her status changed from a, an official housewife to a friend of a housewife. I don't know why they did that. Maybe Craig does, but I suspect it might have something to do with the fact that she's like a little bit less dynamic than a lot of the girls. She's a little bit less of a like a an exciting uh, tele- television presence. So yeah. I feel like her downgraded status on the show uh, overlaps a lot with her her feelings of being pushed to the outside of the friend group. I mean, the show and a friend group is almost the same entity, You're anyways. Right. Uh, and um, uh, and like the previous episode, we had like a kind of heartfelt moment where she was talking about like her heartbreak and how she thinks like, you know, uh, men don't process attachment the same woman, the same way women do and was trying to help somebody out with that. And I think she's she's going through really a lot of sadness, like when she's talking to that primal therapy woman. Uh, and she's saying how she thinks like if she died, nobody would discover her for weeks instead of her dogs. Oh, she yeah. feels so neglected. So she's she's going through some shit like like i think her sadness is very genuine she's it's coming from a a very real place of hurt and a feeling exclusion uh but when you feel excluded like that if you try to weaponize your self-pity it's not going to have positive results and it absolutely does not here like it just she's just making it worse for herself by this and i understand why how why she wants to strike out and why she also at the same time probably wants to be a center of attention uh probably i assume with the implicit or explicit prodding of the producers to kind of justify her place more and be more of a central character um and uh and that with her need to get everybody's attention to feel like she's not just pushed to the sideline is kind of encouraging her to keep uh to to keep getting more vicious and like you know she even fucks up her drink throw like she tries to throw a drink yeah. at somebody yeah, you see in the replay she mostly one. throws she it like, at herself that's like the image of everything yeah, she's yeah. doing here she's just trying to attack people it only ends up attacking herself uh so i think she's a, a, a sympathetic presence like i really feel for her but you totally understand why everybody just wants to like condescend to her and is getting very annoyed with her at the same time because she just like you know, showing up getting wheeled in a wheelchair like Olivia yeah. Coleman and the favorite is just like not a good look. Uh, and uh, man, it's just like it's it's almost excruciating. I think for me to as like a, I feel for her and she's just doing such a bad job of uh, of making everybody turn more and more against her uh, that I I was ready to be like screaming next to Kiki there on the beach in frustration. <laughs> Just, just hurling at the ocean with my feet in my own piss in the surf. Uh, <laughs> that, I, I, I understood why she needed to let it out there. I thought that was almost excruciating how, how bad she was. Uh, uh, she was digging that hole for herself throughout almost the entire episode. 
Well, she yeah. just really wanted to have her foot hurt. It seemed like, you know what I mean? Like I, I believed her foot was legit hurt. It looked. It was like almost it was broken into a thousand pieces. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, it was like she like needed it, and it was really apparent oh, yeah. that she like needed to leverage it immediately. Like her yeah. need to use it over like the actual event it was just like, oh. Oh yeah. yeah. That's why yeah, no she, one feels sorry for you. I understand it because they could feel your energy about needing it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was reaching to be victimized by something for the entire episode leading up to that. And, uh, by a sheer stroke of luck, she got it by yeah. nearly, nearly broken breaking foot. her foot into a thousand pieces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Lord sent you a shiny broken foot to leverage on your rich friends. <laughs> but one other thing that kind of stood out to me about her bringing up Marisol's ex, uh, reaching out to her, it uh, it seemed like a bit of a uh, a piece of information that she was keeping in her back pocket for a long time because Adriana yeah. Oh, yeah. and Marisol were both on the show last season, and she never brought this up. It was just something that you know she was sitting on, and it's interesting that she would bring it up right now because she didn't really have a need to i guess she's trying to make a play to be a full-blown housewife next season but it was interesting to me that she really didn't gain anything by by bringing that up at this point are any of these housewives in miami married still yeah there's one that's married to a guy who's like who just like hates her (laughs) like that dinner Uh, scene was nuts Okay, yeah. That so was one of my back. highlights was him going like this at the end of their conversation about you still love it, you still got that spark, and he gives her one of those, <laughs> yeah. he gives her like the whole like <laughs> just like yeah, well, absolutely. I would, I would feel guilty making that face to like a Costco sample person, even <laughs> if they were rude to me. And that's not saying that they're undeserving of any kind of respect. I'm just saying the nature of our acquaintance is such. <laughs> Yeah, it was the most, like, unconvincing, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And it was just, that's a scene from last last season when the it's clearly the cracks in their marriage are starting to show. And this season, up until this episode, the storyline for Lisa has been uh, her husband, Lenny, leaving her. It was, it was pretty interesting that um, this kind of came up when, Julia asks Lisa, "Oh, how's how's the family?" And Lisa just responds, "So fucked up. It is so fucked." I noticed that. Like yeah. just making small 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 talk, and um, yeah. Then we got that beautiful flashback from the "We still have a spark dinner." Yeah, yeah. So um, should I keep going on highlights? Yeah, let's keep going we... with your with your highlights. Okay. Yeah. So obviously that was kind of the lion's share of that episode. Um, as a side, and this is so hack because I imagine everyone's going to talk about this, but it's so weird that they just can't get plastic surgery right. And that, you know, <laughs> it, the, the end result of it always ends up looking like, you know, either a spotted grouper or a toe. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. Like, there's, there. I always pray, and this is so vain and weird sounding, but I, I just kind of pray for someone normal looking to be on camera. Uh, which is like, you know, I don't want to be like that. But at the same time, I'm just like, it's just weird the way plastic surgery goes and like some of the things that people choose to get done these days. Like, 
yeah. the cosmetic, uh, you know, uh, uh, how they orbit around the lips so much and the size of the lips is just like, I don't know who's clamoring for some of those crazy ass lips. Oh yeah, there's some is a lot more tasteful than others. Like some definitely looks a lot more natural than than others. There was actually an interesting moment on Watch What Happens Live this week, which is the late night talk show that happens on Bravo. It's hosted by Andy Cohen, who's a producer on The Housewives, um, and he brings on guests to talk about the episodes that were on there. And Melissa Gorga was was on this week, and they were playing uh, a little game, and Andy brought up like a side-by-side of an old photo of Melissa Gorga and a new photo, and was talking like about how she denies that this is like that she had work done on her nose. And she's like, Oh no, I'm not denying that anymore. Like um, I've, I've stopped denying that blah, blah, blah. And Andy was like, Oh, well I've got so much plastic surgery that I need to keep track of in this job. Like forgive <laughs> me for not knowing that. I, I think totally. it's the, the constant tinkering is probably what ends up just ruining their faces. It's like, there's that Balzac story about like a great painter who keeps making adjustments to his canvas until you can't see a human figure in it anymore. I think it's like that. Like you just have, once, <laughs> once you like break the seal and start like tinkering, you can't stop tinkering with your, with your face until it's no longer a human face. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when I used to try, I had to make like little CO2 powered cars in shop class Oh, and it was no. like, you know, I'd paint one wrong, so I paint over the paint. Then I paint over, but the paint hadn't dried. I was just because I had to get it done in the course of this class. So I'm painting <laughs> over paint. And yeah, same deal. It just Fs it up. Yeah. Um, I, I just was like, yeah, for the, I didn't want necessarily a heavy husband presence. But by the end of Miami, I was left to wonder, just based on their conversations, who was had a husband um mm-hmm. also i really liked how the mom took time to show us that she was stopping over at home for a brief t- touch in with her family or whatever she's like there's one i think it was what uh, the one with m marisol was that oh, marisol, where she had yeah. to go she's like I, I i can't i gotta go one or two days then i get back to my family and like she literally like goes home and like tag team like tags herself I mean, you know, give <laughs> high five to the kids, and then it seems like she's gone again. I'm like, this is just confusing as a lifestyle. Like, I can't yeah. track <laughs> what, who who cares about who does what. Yeah. Uh, uh, yelling about her camel toe in the pool. That was the first I saw of her was her, like, punching herself in the muff and yelling about her camel toe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think it was Gertie that was, like, uh, they were yeah. initially talking about Larsa's butt and lack of stretch marks and the editors then immediately cue the porn music and there's just like a montage of them talking about their their bodies and um yeah uh, Gertie's showing off her camel toe and that was it. like yeah, oh okay, what happened to your hard nipples yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it yeah yeah okay says so Gertie okay yeah um and yeah I don't know I just overall like the the vibe of them in general like when they like start to like get excited and stuff like as soon as anyone gets to that energy level now as a uh, as a 38 year old guy i'm just like i (laughs) always want to leave any space where anyone has any kind of energy like that where they're just like we're together i'm like i gotta leave how do you so i just know i don't know how they do that like nearly every day it's unsustainable yeah (laughs) you know like 
yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised they end up not liking each other and stuff because like the demand of the energy level and the output and the faux good times is kind of a psychological nightmare. Yeah, though, mind you, uh, Gertie apparently thought the first day was not exciting enough because we have that one like fun like overhead shot of her walking down the stairs and being like, everybody's just getting fucked up. Nobody's starting shit. Like, when are we getting turned <laughs> up? Like, <it's> just... <laughs> I guess she got her wish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I just had that Adriana, this is before the rest of the episode is like first impressions. Um was Adriana seems like she would right, ruin any trip in the car. She seems like she'd turn your music <laughs> off right when you felt that you were most happy. She'd put her song on instead. Yeah, yeah she does right in the boat. Yeah. Optimum <laughs> Cruise, she'd like switch to her song right in the middle of Optimum Cruise, and you'd just be like, oh, no. Now I'm just going to drive and count the hours till we're there. Yeah, Adriana uh, commandeering the aux cable is uh, a highlight of mine as well. Oh, that was a thing. See, I, I this this lady, I know this. Yeah, when they get in the boat, she insists they play her her own song. Yeah. Jeez, like her song that she made. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. A music, a music video for it a few episodes prior. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Rich people get to make so many music videos. I love that oh, yeah. about them. They all get to take a crack at it and they all oh, yeah. do. Yeah. Find yeah. their genre, they auto tune it. It's fine. That, that's a recurring thing in the Housewives show. And the oh, yeah. songs are always fucking atrocious. It's oh. beautiful. <laughs> I had that. And I, again, I don't mean to fixate on looks because I know it's so hacky, but I'm just, you know, new, new viewer, right? So diving back into the world of people who are like this. Uh, but Alexia looks like the scientist from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> this is the weird, oh, yeah. the way her w w lips are strangely arrayed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to assure everybody if there are an equal amount of men on this show, I would be making fun of their appearances as well. Yeah. <laughs> we could um, get to that in New Jersey if you want yeah. to make fun of some men's Which, appearances. Yeah, and that's, that's part Stay of my tuned. notes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> New Jersey is just a whole different show. Yeah, <laughs> and it really is. And that that's one thing I'll say is like, obviously, geographically speaking, like, I guess there's different flavors of rich people or something. Mm. Whereas like yeah. Miami is just like absentee couples. They just don't seem to see each other. Just, they are on vacation in this episode. Yeah, yeah this oh, is okay. the they are in the Bahamas on yeah. vacation. Okay. So you do see more people in their lives and like the regular more shows. OK, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. And also, you know what I would say? And one thing I noticed, too, was I was looking at um, one of their plastic surgeries and I recognized I was like, oh, I know that kind of nose. That's the nose that this sports bra. There's a Louis DeBrusque who does play-by-play uh, -play commentary for the Oilers on the local feed here. Former <laughs> NHLer Louis DeBrusque. He's got like a rebuilt nose for sure. And he's got one of those tiny weird champagne. You know, it looks like a woman's <laughs> heel. You know, it's like a champagne stem nose, or you're like, like you shave away a lot of busted nose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's got one of those like no nose noses too. And then yeah. I started to think, I'm like, you know what? I bet there's so much plastic surgery in the world of male sports broadcast. I know that there's tons of Botox with them, but I wonder what other surgeries are typical within like male sports broadcasters, as long as we're talking about like different areas that people get those surgeries and stuff. So, yeah, I imagine that it would vary from sport to sport. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably like, you know what? Um, Jax did that in Vanderpump Rules, right? Didn't he have like a broken nose and he got it fixed? But then after yeah. he got it fixed, he kept getting it redone. So I feel like that could be like a <laughs> gateway for like sports guys. Yeah. You, you, first, it's just like a fix to a nose because your noses get broken in a lot of sports. But then, you know, once you've gone down that path, we could make this nose better. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy works at a clinic in Calgary. Uh, he's a dietitian, and uh, they get because they have, uh, you know, cosmetology or whatever in that clinic. He gets employee pricing on Botox. So you can get <laughs> Botox injections for like, I think, 20 or 30 bucks or something. And he's oh, wow. had them done. And it's just kind of, it's weird looking at your friend, you know, because the, the, the rest of the world, I think he, he looks A-OK. But then you look at him and you're like, why are you so alert looking? Like, just, <laughs> you don't have the tired eyes I'm used to after a decade of paying down student loans. Like, well, yeah, Larissa is my favorite out of, um, uh, what, whatever, uh, Miami. I think. Uh, Larsa. Larsa? Larsa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just because she Larsa up, she didn't have any, wasn't taking anything from, uh, I think, was it Adriana at dinner too, where she's like, oh, I will straight up whoop your ass. Or whatever she <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. There was a good moment earlier, um, or maybe it was during that same fight at, at dinner time where Larsa has a confessional and she's like, Oh, I never initiate drama. And then there's a montage of like all the drama that she has initiated over the past yeah. 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also a um, shout out to Larsa for like making a movie reference, which I just feel is notable because normally she's the one where if somebody makes a reference to pop culture, her face just glazes over. Yeah. Like she's never seen a movie or a TV show in her life. Uh, so and there's a point here where she says of Adriana, she just keeps coming back like the exorcist. And I'm like, bravo, you made a movie reference. I'm, I'm not going to interrogate her too much. I'm not sure what that has to do with the exorcist necessarily. <laughs> She's maybe thinking of an entirely different movie, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just proud of her for having made a pop culture reference. <laughs> uh, was that it for your highlights, Ryan? Um, I think so from, uh, yeah, from Miami. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think that overall, I mean, that's what I noticed. That's kind of that, that beef seemed to be the overarching thing over the episode. Um, yeah, uh, then they had their dinner on the beach. I, I thought that they would get more out of the, or that they would expand more into the rage therapy thing. Uh, but <laughs> they it, just did it without the help of the professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, so it was like, that was kind of like underwhelming in the sense that like that professional didn't really seem to be like, okay, let's go with this or like. It was anticlimactic. Yeah, it's probably just hard for a lot of the professionals involved with this show to try to like win over the will of that group if it's like outside of any kind of wheelhouse of theirs. It was the general vibe I got from that, where so many of them were just like, uh, "I'm not going to scream at the ocean." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, you, even you though you have a like... camera crew, even you know the drill, and you're like, "No, okay, well then that that's fine. You, you don't have to." <laughs> You could feel the producers sort of rubbing their hands together when uh, Nicole decided to bring on a rage healer. Like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I can get where you're coming from that it it was not like super climactic. But I think the fact that they got into the they just got into it on their own. And um, that rage healer was the person that 
uh, Kiki and Gertie were calling emergency, emergency right, when right. things started getting heated up. Like she was somehow qualified to to simmer things down. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 there doing the opposite. She's supposed yeah. to turn it up, not, not turn yeah, it down. It's true. <laughs> Come over and make some matter. Uh, I mean, there's one person who took the rage healing very seriously, and that was Kiki. Yeah. Kiki was fucking screaming her face off and she seemed to be actually getting something out of it. It seemed like an actual relief for her. So that was, uh, that that was great. She like, uh, you know, people like Lisa are like, "Eh, uh, I'm not going to do this. This is lame. And Kiki's like, let's fucking go. Yeah. (laughs) She bought in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about Kiki. Huge buy in. (laughs) Uh, Dylan, how about, how about your highlights? Um, yeah, I mean, that's one right there. Like, I think another great supporting turn from Kiki, who is she's, is a real MVP for me. She's she's just great. Um, again, bringing up how she hasn't been late in a long time, just being extremely horny all the time. Uh, and going to piss on the beach, uh, just while everybody's <laughs> arguing, she just wanders off to take a piss. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Kiki shit. Uh, <laughs> like, just not doing it for attention either. Like, just kind of, like, wandering to the side, but still with a view of the cameras. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, and then yeah, how seriously she takes the actual rage she like thing. It actually like seems to get benefit out of it. Is, is like, well, everybody else is like, this is a stupid gimmick. We should, we should, we don't need to have this gimmick. Uh, you just can't, can't, uh, can't predict what Kiki's gonna do. Uh, and yeah. she's, uh, she's really fun for that reason. So I thought, well, she I, said she, she thought that it was, it was like ejaculating, I think is what, what she said. Again, extremely horny all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> you release and then you're happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she said, I think during the dinner, she's like, I want to scream and I want to fart when I scream. Like, yeah. yeah. Really looking forward to that release. Yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, oh yeah. Also, just going topless at one point, which um, which provokes uh, Gertie to to say that she's not going to let out Lily and Lola. I think she says, uh, when, <laughs> revealing the names for her breasts. Uh, <laughs> there. Um, yeah, and I mean, someone said uh, you're gonna you're gonna attract sea lions with those tits. Yeah, like, are you trying to feed the sea lions? Like they say, what does that mean? Yeah. Are they trying to say your tits look like fish? Like, yeah. I don't <laughs> fish. That was a bit of a confusing, uh, yeah. confusing line. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got we got to wrap up the whole like botanica theme that we're talking about before, and all the, like the yeah. witchcraft things and Alexia's. Uh, feeling that there's something suspicious about uh, the way, uh, or maybe nefarious about Julia's having gone to a botanica at all. And then, of course, they like just switch the focus to Adriana at one point uh, and because she's Brazilian and everybody knows Brazilians are witchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just calls in Marisol, who is apparently like getting her makeup done in the yeah. other room or something, to sit on her knee and to back her up in the fact yeah. that Brazilians are very <laughs> witchy. That's like a classic Alexia shit. Uh, and then, but the, the conclusion of this is that they call up the Botanica and find out it wasn't even a fucking Botanica. Yeah, it was like <laughs> presumably just some like new age like, like white hippie store. Yeah, it's like a gift shop that she went to, and everybody's time was wasted, including mine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I this was my... amazing. This was the M Night Shyamalan twist that I yeah. was looking for. <laughs> there never was a Botanica in the first place. Whoa. Um. um Oh yeah, of of course. Uh, I I have to point out that Julia was very on point when she said that uh, Alexia looks like a barracuda. 
I'm not sure if that's oh, better yeah. or worse than Ryan's comparison <laughs> to like a Tim Burton puppet. Uh, but she does look like a barracuda. Uh, yeah. And, the, uh, side pr- the side by side proved it. Yeah. 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 They backed that up. So, uh, so, so that was a good line. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it was just 80% just me feeling excruciatingly torn between like lots of sympathy for Adriana's perspective and just lots of frustration with how like terribly she was handling it yeah. and, and how, <laughs> how bad a, a pitch she was digging for herself leading up to the final minute where she, where she pokes the barracuda and she's just going <laughs> to, she's just going to get fucking <laughs> flayed by Alexia. Like that's the the wrong person to do that to. Like Alexia is going to turn into a fucking Cenobite and tear her flesh off in the next episode. <laughs> that's that's going to end really poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like there's and also with something that you're clearly going to be in the wrong about and like no one is going to be sympathetic to your point of view after you make that type of comment. Yeah. She's just like literally flailing and trying to hurt trying to hurt people to get their attention at this point, which is a which is a a terrible place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of my highlights, I think we covered most of them. The one thing that I also noted down here was how much Maris- how much work Marisol is doing as usual to sort of carry things and be a uh, dynamic presence from the uh, the the hookers in um, arrival where she comes in with the bullhorn. We got a glimpse yeah. of that at the end of last episode, um, but also throwing the charm that Julia gave her over the balcony. <laughs> right. um, this is something that she didn't even do in front of the cameras. She was just like being extra about it and, and thought to bring it up. I thought that, um, again, another great outing from Marisol this week. Yeah, and the little moment in her confessional where we see her like apparently filling up a glass with rum. Just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I know they're great showing. She, like, yeah. last episode was missing a little bit on the energy, so they, they threw her in there, and that's all it takes. It's just, uh, just a spark plug in there. Yeah, for sure. And she had some great confessionals, as you as you mentioned, the one with the rum. Also, um, when it came up that her ex had been hitting up uh, Adriana, she was like, oh, well, you can have my sloppy seconds dick. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was another when... Adriana was talking about how she's got high cholesterol and she's prone to stroke. And she was like, Oh, you're going to give yourself a stroke. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Next up this week, we had real housewives of New Jersey, which Mm -hmm. was our guys night out episode. The first time we've seen all the husbands get together this, uh, this season so far. You know, I was stoked about that. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as I saw the name of the episode was guys night out or whatever they called it. I was like, Oh yes, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Ryan, uh, what were your thoughts on real housewives of New Jersey? So this is like just kind of like uh, Jersey Shore, right? This is just kind of like that. It seems like I don't know, just like older marriage Jersey. Yeah, Shore yeah, yeah. That's what. The, <laughs> so I guess it's just Jersey. That's just what it's like. But yeah, no, it's funny how like you know I don't know um, that one is yeah. This episode was like more beef, but it was like a lot of the male side of beef. Those guys bring the beef, that's for sure. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> They're beefy dudes. <laughs> they are. They really... And they, they seem to... They love it. They love beefing. Like, the one... Yeah, that that guy was, um, I guess, uh, Bob. Was it Bob? 
the who's the angry guy at the end? The bald guy. Uh, Joe. Oh, Gorman. Joe. Joe. That's yeah. it. Yeah, Joe. Joe Brew. Brew. Whatever. Uh, well, Joe Gorga is the ball. That's it. Joe Gorga. Yeah. He seems like he just like would be mad about something at any given time. <laughs> like he just has that look where it's like he's a guy who needs part of his personality is wrapped up in being like, oh, what's this? This is, ah, you know. <laughs> and then the other guy seems, uh, uh, yeah, Louis, Louis or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He seemed like he was like trying to like take somebody's side you know you stick it up but at the same time it felt like he liked being on camera like he's like hey i'm the new guy i'm louie i'm here to stay so you know i'll get all mad and just like but then i'll do the thing where i turn around like please please just talk to your sister please you know where he's on his side at the end he's trying to work all the angles i'm like is this genuine louie or is this the louie we want that louie wants us to see yeah, this is uh, this is one thing that kind of stood out to me as well. Louis this season so far has been trying to play this voice of reason angle in a lot of scenes, and mm-hmm. when it's like just him and Teresa, or the scene with uh, him, Teresa, and the girls, um, he was like pretty effective at doing this, and I just hate that for me because I don't find him very likable, and I don't like as a viewer having to side with him uh, (laughs) fair enough just instinctually (laughs) um yeah that that definitely stood out to me but when he was there at the guys night out that trying to play that angle at the end after having a conflict with joe gorga it did finally come across as snake like and that's what i'm looking for like that's that's what i really want to like feel the the hate course through me yeah i think i think though he did generally do a good job appearing kind of like a voice of reason uh like you said ryan at the at the end of it he really does weasel out of it because he ends up just saying like talk to your sister like in, yeah. it, he ends up capitulating in the sense he doesn't defend. No, his, his, he doesn't defend that Teresa. He doesn't uh, defend her perspective. He just says, "Well, you talk to her then. It's not me. I told her. I told her exactly what you said. Actually, it turns out that I'm on your side after <laughs> all, huh? You know, how about that? Why don't you talk to her then? You know, like yeah. really, he's just he's just putting it on her shoulders and just snaking out of it. So, so even though yeah, he, he his words sound kind of reasonable, he really does cop out at the end. Yeah, you're right. It's just like a whole bunch of chest thumping for a buck pass, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you do there i, yeah, no, I also like wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even know that melissa's family wasn't invited like he seems hmm. as like someone that would just be like so hands-off with the wedding planning portion of things that he might have been completely surprised and just playing along like he knew yeah yeah yeah, I know. It, it's it's funny because, yeah, you got to, you know, like everyone can hate a guy like Joe. You yeah. know what I mean? It's easy. It's, they're visibly like people react that way most of the time when you see a big guy, which isn't always fair to big guys because I've known mm-hmm. a lot of like bodybuilders who are deeply intelligent people who, you know, who have other lives, but they have a hobby that they do and it makes them look a certain way and it's insane. And they're kind of aware of it, some of them, right? Like, not everyone who's in the game isn't aware that it's a ridiculous thing to do and it's really physically taxing. But it's yeah. also, like, we give ourselves permission to, like, despise people who look like Joe. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we, long after we are done pounding, yeah, hammering on unhealthy people and things we shouldn't do overall. It's still like if we punch up, then we give ourselves permission to punch. So yeah. it's like whenever <laughs> I, I try to take the opposite angle on guys like Joe, even though the inside of you is like this cheese ball, like this guy sucks. But yeah, I think cheese ball is probably the word that I would use to describe Joe Gorga. Like that is mozzarella an act. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mozzarella sorry <laughs> i was excited always... to hear they did a cheese making class at one point that would have yeah been the last episode was the cheese mm-hmm. making class and it was very excellent yeah, yeah but i great. think that joe and frank are kind of a uh, a point and counterpoint in terms of your like if you were to project your expectations of what someone like that looks like uh, Joe Gorga is basically exactly what you would expect him to be based on how he looks. Whereas Frank is, uh, at least to me, he seems like the complete opposite. Yeah, Frank, I, I think is a great uh, point to what you were saying, Ryan, as, as you're, you're pointing out, Craig, just because he looks like the ultimate meathead who, who lives just to like, shout at the barista at a Starbucks because they suggested <laughs> yeah. oat milk, but he's actually like a sweetheart. It seems to be like, he's, or he's, he, he comes off as a pretty nice guy most of the time, like just a, a pretty like kind, silly man. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. even in that scene with that guy who looks like, you know, uh, a pudgy backgrounder on boardwalk empire or like, uh, what's that? The, the new boyfriend of that lady. Oh, that Frank was, yeah. So Polly, um, yeah, I don't know. He was pretty short with Frank. He was saying weird stuff. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to challenge, but he he wasn't in his energy. Like he wasn't right in the pocket when he challenged or whatever. So it kind of seemed like a weird where he's like, that's a woman's do it a man to man or whatever. But it was like about like phoning him or something. And it was just like a really weird outburst. And like, I think Frank took that in stride. Well, like, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way that a meathead wouldn't, because I feel like I would get, caught up on one of those if somebody was just throwing those out there all day i wouldn't be able to get past it i'd be like now wait a minute what'd you say kind of thing but yeah yeah and i feel like it was uh admirable that frank was uh sort of extending a olive branch to Polly, um aka buzz lightyear uh to to come to the boys night and you know this is something that's gonna be yeah. on camera you're gonna be in dolores's life this show is obviously a huge part of it like come and join and engage with with us and you know yeah. it, it was an opportunity that he just didn't take advantage of i think yeah and, it, and he's like he's like oh you asked me through dolores or whatever and it's like well i mean like isn't that that's all right i think sometimes isn't it it feels like it's an okay thing yeah like you want to respect her too and not you know, you don't want to go off with some guy and like start planning stuff without bringing your wife in on it. I don't think the wife would like that that much. So it's like, I didn't understand Polly's objection. Yeah, yeah. Frank, and, Frank and Paul are interesting because they're kind of on a bit of a collision course, uh, which I think is is kind of an enforced narrative, but also it's like inevitable. Like he's, you know, Frank is the ex who just never left really he just hangs around still uh so of course there's going to be like a 
uh, some conflict there. But I think it's kind of undercut by the fact that the two guys clearly like each other too. Like they're like, <laughs> they're yeah. fucking calling each other Mister Potato Head and Buzz Lightyear, yeah. which is just <laughs> great. Like dudes being guys, shit. So, like <laughs> just just like oh, how Spud doing? Yeah, he just yeah. got out from the hospital. He lost some weight. Oh, he's a French fry now, is he? Those <laughs> great lame yeah. jokes all the yeah. time. I was gonna like, go visit really them, visit him, but he wouldn't let me park my spaceship. Yeah, yeah. you gotta pay double for that one. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff uh I, I i love their 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 like dude speed guys energy and that's why i was so happy when they get the get the meal together at the end uh it, you know what john fuda just like endeared himself to those guys for life by showing up with adult diapers at the dinner yeah. you're like oh this guy gets it funny guy over here oh yeah like yeah. oh yeah he's, he's gonna be your new best friend now because of yeah. that yeah <laughs> when, when he brought that bag of diapers on i was like okay 50 50 some producer was just like yo john Bring yeah. us make a splash, dog. <laughs> yeah, you know? but can't ask too many questions. Yeah, you just gotta let them let them live their lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So New Jersey's different because it feels a lot more like families at war. It feels like everyone is plotting as a family. Whereas, like in Miami, I obviously saw some vacation episodes, so there wasn't as much like. But then Jersey, they're friggin' it's like Game of Thrones the way they like go back to their families yeah. and discuss their interpersonal issues and like get because each other it's a bunch angry of Italians, right? Yeah, they just bring it inside and they get angrier about something and then they go out into the world with that energy. It's <laughs> like repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The family unit is like the amplification chamber that you just like intensify your issues before you bring them back out. You, you glowing oh, hot and burning. Yeah, yeah. Just home is where a three goes to a ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Italian uh, family angle is something that really um, drives a lot of New Jersey. Like you see when the guys are talking, like, it, it, oh, it's an Italian family. This is the way things are. It has to yeah. be this way. You have to invite <laughs> the stepmom, etc. Like it's just... Yeah. So much family stuff, yeah. And Italians with their, you know, uh, my wife is Italian. And it's it's very much that, like, no other culture is like, hey, we're this. We're all like, we know, we know, we know. Yeah. But they're also, yeah, they always, that's just the way things are for everyone, for everyone, for everyone. Okay. Uh, did you have any other highlights from New Jersey that you wanted to cover? Mm, let me pull up my notes again. Um. Oh, uh, so Dolores' new boyfriend looks like he's... uh, Polly looks like he's related to David Koechner. Um, (laughs) I didn't even understand why Frank was a bunny all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing a photo shoot. What was the photo shoot for, actually? It's for Calendar, I think. But I was like, is this just another album? Is this a rich person album? Do they just make a calendar that they they have? And that's what it is. It seemed like there's someone's like... (laughs) It's for a benefit, but it's like who buys a calendar full of business people? Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know what the calendar is for. I'm trying oh, to it's some, but it's Dolores, some charity that Dolores mm. is involved with. So previously they had a um, a photo shoot episode, but since Frank was in the hospital, he couldn't do his his shoot. And I guess he's uh, he's the the Easter Bunny for. The, the oh, he's the April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just weird that they picked, you know, the, the, it's just like your calendar is full of uh, wealthy people. <laughs> yeah. like, not fire people. 
not yeah it's just some business owners from the area (laughs) i i appreciated that they went all out for staging this shot of him with uh with the um the eggs being strewn about but then spraying his body with pam kitchen spray to in order to give him that like sleek shine still got it (laughs) right And then, of course, he says, yeah, I'm ready for the oven now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jackie alluded to battling toxic food habits. Yeah, that has been her storyline. So she was previously a full-blown housewife. She's uh, lost that status and has been downgraded to friend of. That has been a storyline that she's been going um, that she's been going with for the past, well, since she's been on the show. Yeah, I don't know. The only, I guess it's only in my notes because this morning I bought 24 mini cupcakes. Where are you going with this? <laughs> What's he cooking? And my wife FaceTimed me on my drive home before I had a chance to like set up a funny way to announce that I had <laughs> bought 24 mini cupcakes. And I kind of felt like, and then she saw them or she saw like a corner. Of, no, she saw that I had the wrapper from one in my hand. And then she's like, what's that? And I felt like so removed from my power in that moment. My power <laughs> being my sense of humor is going to be able to make this acceptable behavior. Um, <laughs> that I was like, uh, it's uh, um, muffin. It was a muffin for some reason because I wasn't ready to like break that I had a cupcake. Either way, when I got home, she's like, why are you hiding that? That's some weird secret fat guy stuff. And I was like, oh, she's right. She's right. So I guess maybe that's why I put that in my notes. It's just a theme for me today. Yeah, um, it's, it's you only know it's a problem when you start hiding mini cupcakes around the house. Yeah, that's uh, when you that's when you got to go to mini I, cupcakes anonymous. I've had that's 14. when you need intervention. So like right now, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I got to stop right now. Like I have to leave at least ten. Or, yeah, you ride, said that last time, Ryan. I think I, you said uh, that last time, Ryan. I think this is Craig. This is probably when we should tell Ryan that his wife asked us to do this as an intervention. Oh. There is no podcast, Ryan. This is just set up as an inter- intervention. Before I go, I'm finishing the ten. That's how it works, right? <laughs> you go crazy on your way to rehab. Isn't that how they do it? I think that's how my wife says they did it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, uh, it is definitely one of those things where now I'm like, there's so many gone and she's aware of them. So it's like either I like, you know, maybe I should like this is the part where I do not eat anymore and I let 10 be there. And then she gets home and there's 10 left, but I don't do the thing. It's the other thing, which is I eat them all. And then I go to the store and I get a new one and I eat four more of that <laughs> and then I act like. Because that was, you know, the way I was leaning before I started talking about this out loud. So if anything, thank you, Jackie, um, for letting me be honest with myself and kind of, you know, with my family. I think Um, if you were to take anything away from Real Housewives is like, if you're going to solve this problem, you just need to gaslight her. Man, there's so much gaslighting. That whole show is gaslighting. It's insane. They're all kind of toxic like that, for sure. And it feels like in New Jersey, it's always um, whenever they want to talk shit about other people, they start with, I feel bad for her because, oh, yeah. and then they say something that qualifies them to then say the terrible thing. <laughs> and it's like so common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Margaret and Melissa give like a masterclass on that strategy 
when they're talking about Jennifer, like how, just like you say, instead of saying like, she pissed me off, she said something that made me angry. Their strategy is just to like constantly say like, she seemed weak. She seemed sad. Um, (laughs) You you know, she's on a downward spiral. She's like a festering open wound. Oh, (laughs) Which is is where it escalated to. Like, (laughs) it's just like attacking their like, uh, mental health and happiness <laughs> instead of just saying like she made me angry yeah uh, they, they uh yeah, an open wound yeah that's that's <laughs> this a, a straight quote like that's yeah that's, i know i remember that quote <laughs> wild uh wild how far they go and it's funny too because like when they dip into those moments you know it's like stuff that they pull from like movies and stuff or like you know a festering open wound is so like out of touch with any of their like seems like their characters that suddenly they jump into this like 16th century sentence (laughs) quite you dissentious rogues that rubbing the poor itch of your opinion make yourself scabs (laughs) okay (laughs) where did you hear that postule on a cankerous corpse just Just watching like victorian medical dramas before they start shit talking Uh, Dylan, how about you? Uh, what were your highlights from this episode? Uh, so speaking of all like the Italian family stuff, love that we get to meet Danielle's family here, uh, highlighted by her dad, Big Phil. Big uh, Phil. Big Phil's great. Just shows up, immediately says, in, in lieu of like, hi, I'm here. I'm not taking my shoes off. Yeah. Uh, and just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just storms in with some flowers. Uh, his, his ex-wife comes in with flowers and then they start comparing flowers. Uh, you, you, you know, might've better. Yeah. Might've more colorful. Yeah. These are roses. Uh, just like, <laughs> I, I was so glad that we got to, got to meet her family. Uh, I thought that there's a lot of terrible, like terribly carved out, beards in new jersey i thought we couldn't get any worse than john food does but big phil's got a pretty <laughs> got a pretty awful uh, uh beard carving job but 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 he's sympathetic he's fun uh he gets so emotional when he's talking about how daniel and her brother don't talk anymore and just just literally breaking into tears as he's trying to say how daniel used to say you know my, my big brother my big brother or whatever yeah. Yeah. Say, it, it says that he hears that nine thousand times a day in his head yeah. Uh, which uh, he should get a, like a, he should go to a doctor and get a lobotomy or something. That sounds horrible. That's 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 not normal. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but you know, it's a sad guy. I feel for him. Uh, and, uh, and but just like a, a likable Italian presence. So I was really glad that we got a we got to yeah. be more of that clan. Yeah, uh, I thought that the way that this uh, Danielle's family drama was introduced was really excellent because we also got her. We got exposed to it by her telling Melissa uh, about it, which was interesting because this dynamic that Danielle has with her brother and her brother's wife is very similar to Melissa's dynamic with Teresa and and Joe. Mm-hmm. And in Danielle's story, as she's telling it, Melissa would be the bad guy. And so it was really interesting mm-hmm. that this is how it got presented. I was a huge fan of it. Yeah. And I would love to see how this kind of matures, whether Melissa is going to internalize that in any way and maybe um, have any sort of conflict with Danielle over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I like, uh, once again, Jennifer's daughter, Olivia, is just like a superstar. Uh, she's the best. <laughs> and she says, like, why are your pajamas? And she's like, life of me. Yeah. <laughs> she's really funny. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I really enjoy the contrast between uh, Margaret and Melissa shit-talking Jennifer, uh, just making it clear how much she got under their skin, I think, by, like, not um, – not cracking as much as they wanted her to when they yeah. fucking savaged her last time. <laughs> uh, and, and then, uh, you know, Jennifer goes for a bit of reassurance from, uh, from her husband, Bill. And, uh, and he's just like, just like hedging and prevaricating and being reasonable and level-headed, but that's not what the situation calls for. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, obviously she hates that. And, uh, uh, you know, women hate it when you do that. I do that all the time. So I know, like, I'm so bad at doing that. You know, when, like, she just wants to hear like, yeah, you're right and valid. They're wrong and, and unreasonable. And he's just like, well, yeah, different, you know, it's different people have different perspectives, you know, just like yeah. talking like a, uh, I don't know, like a centrist Democratic candidate in the red state being like, yeah, man, there are many sides to many issues. There yeah. are, you ever consider how everybody sees the world different? Maybe the color green doesn't look the same through your eyes as it does yeah. through mine. Just, <laughs> just kind of, he sees, he's just very wishy-washy. And that's, that's, uh, it, he does the same thing when they get the, the dude's lunch or the, yeah. the, 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 the dude's drinks later on where he's just very like, yeah, yeah, many people are talking. Many people have many things to say. Very, yeah, except there was there was one like moment Trump talking that, about uh, what was the uh, not the the Proud Boys. Yeah, oh, yeah. many fine people on both sides. Both sides, both sides. <laughs> yeah. There was one moment during that uh, that guys' night out where Bill was talking about how he is actually close to Louis, and he says, "Oh, I'm the brother-in-law that he doesn't have," which is a dig at Joe Gorga, which didn't go anywhere um it was interesting i didn't even notice see, that actually wow. yeah it was interesting that he like i don't think anybody else did either in, because in, previously in that episode we got a montage of him you know playing switzerland and just taking like you said that neutral stance <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i've learned better than to do that with my wife <laughs> and try to be like well yeah yeah, yeah. uh and uh <laughs> And um, speaking of uh, other husbands, Margaret's husband showing up to the dinner and being like, yeah, she made me change my shirt three times before I came here. And I don't think that was a lie. And I believe that that's, no, that's yeah, true. I, that that's, too, yeah. that's something, but I love that. They, like he, That makes sense. But he's like just going to hang out with the boys. And she'd be like, no, you're not wearing that. Yeah. Like when he's just going to hang out with his friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but lots of lots of fun uh, dudes being guys and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just delighting each other. Um, yeah, um, the ball busting during that that uh, guys' night out was really great. They got into it right from the get go, and oh yeah, that's what uh, they're there to do. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I also just wanted to point out, like um, uh, Melissa saying to her daughter, like her her son's wearing a shirt that says "Virginity Rocks" for some oh, reason, yeah. and she and, uh, <laughs> and she says, "Go teach that to your sister." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they just gloss over that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa where did that come from? <laughs> what, what, what did she do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, mostly uh, there was some good kids action, but yeah, mostly it was uh, it was the dudes dudes corner and. Uh, I, I do like a good dude's corner. We didn't have enough of that the previous episode, so it was great to get that in this episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think we touched on most of my highlights as well. The only thing, the only other thing that kind of stood out to me was when we got that scene that included Teresa and Gia and Louie, uh, Gabriella joined, which if you've been watching New Jersey for a while, she is the daughter that you barely ever see. She always like takes a back back seat to anything and um, her position is never to be on camera involved in the drama. And so to see her actually get in emotionally invested in things and uh, break out in hives, I thought that that was, was notable. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really appreciated uh, Gia's huge salad basket that, that she was eating. Um, she had, <laughs> <laughs> she had a, uh, a, some sort of like, Caesar salad that was in um, in a normal salad bowl, but inside this huge bucket that was was on her lap. Yeah, um, yeah I noticed that enormous salad too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of the kids too. Also at the start, I like that we get a little clip of just Rachel's daughter saying "fuck" instead of "fork." Uh, <laughs> I, I just like that stuff. It's just funny. Just like they just include three seconds of it, just because they know it's funny to show just a little kid being like "fuck." And yeah. that, that's it. That's all we need to say. Right now, my daughter <laughs> says "yuck you" in oh, okay. rapid succession, and so the first couple of times my wife and I heard it, we looked at each other like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Who says that?" We're not walking around this house saying that to each other. Like, we taught her that, <laughs> and then we were like, "Oh, it's yuck you." But even so, now I still think I hear stuff as I walk by. I'm like, "What is?" Yeah. <laughs> well, that about covers New Jersey, I think. Uh, did uh, Ryan, did you have any final thoughts on uh, either Housewives as a whole or specific to the episodes that we watched this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I can see uh, the appeal of a show like this in the sense that it's unchallenging. Um, you know is it though I don't know maybe there's intricate depths it depends how much you choose to invest in it I think that's a that's a that's a personal choice on the viewer's part yeah yeah well I mean here's the thing it's uh it it showed me that at least they're different is my impression I was like oh Miami (laughs) seems a bit different than New Jersey so at least they're not like totally cloning the formula um you know I don't uh it's kind of strange to watch shows that are kind of premised around like just rich people fucking about. Um, you know, I uh, that that part of it, I'm like, eh, you know, I, I don't need to see people having a good time with a bunch of weird money. You know, maybe good for you. I, I always get hungry. They always have good food. You know, when I watch that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, the stuff that I saw going on. Yeah, I would say, like, um, I I wouldn't use the word unchallenging necessarily to uh, describe Real Housewives because I think that, um, like Dylan said, depending on what you're putting into it, you can get a lot out of it. And even with, like, the episode that we saw with Adriana, I think it was challenging to put yourself into her perspective and also like see how wrong she is and right all the housewives they operate in 
Um, I mean, housewives are not like, it's not a binary, like good and bad. They fluctuate between like hero and villain all the time. And it is, it is interesting. And I would say it's challenging to watch someone that you have gone season after season sort of riding for become the villain and get that villain edit. Um, it challenges right. you to um, to evaluate your perspective on them and situations. And I think it, um, I, I, yeah, I do think that it is, it is challenging. And also to look, this is something that I don't think you'd be able to watch just watching it in isolation. Like we have our guests do, but to, watch a scene play out between housewives that have been on the show for years and think about previous seasons and what actions and events informed their process for interacting in that, like in their decision-making, how they're responding to other characters and just how those relationships evolve and their, the way they tackle that. So I think that that is one thing that is, pretty difficult to um, get across by just watching a couple episodes in isolation. But I do think that this was a good example specifically for Adriana of um, seeing the duality of uh, a character on one of these shows. Right. Yeah. I I think uh, the the relationship the audience has to Adriana is a good example of the, the, kind of um yeah i could say complexity or difficulty you have in relationship to some of these characters i mean she basically turns herself into like piggy from lord of the flies where it's like you, <laughs> it's easy to, to sympathize where, with her and easy to sympathize with the people who are pissed off with her at the same time yeah uh and uh, the way that like the actual humanity of the characters uh is is richer than what the story arcs are uh, because the, the the story arcs they try to enforce can only uh, uh, involve yeah like hero arcs, villain arcs, and things like that. But the things that the, act, the actual characters are going through, um, there's there's hints of more to it than just that. And in terms of like, I think uh, not trying to criticize what you're saying too much, Ryan. Like, like I oh. totally totally get where you're coming from. Uh, but like uh, the idea that it's just rich people having a good time. Most of them are having a bad time. Most yeah, of no, the time. It's not like everybody's just like, my life is awesome. They might sometimes they'll say my life is awesome. You don't believe them, but right. it's like, there's, there's, there's also a lot of like, like discomfort and like unease and sadness going on too. Like a lot of these people are, are really like struggling with like their self identity and lives and stuff in ways that are, that can be interesting. Uh, oh yeah i guess that's true is like as their relationship dissolve and like they get they're always so crazy about their money too and like they when it comes to like divorce and stuff like you guys mm -hmm. are describing at the top of the episode with whatever's going on with potomac and somebody at the end of their divorce or whatever Mm -hmm. losing their house and stuff like i guess that's really interesting is like you know uh what remains. yeah their, their positions often aren't as stable as they would like you to think they are oh, yeah. and and things will happen that make you realize that uh like yeah a sudden divorce when suddenly they, they it turns out they don't have any control over their own finances yeah. yeah on a lot of these shows you'll see like the extravagant houses that they're living in but uh, often they 
those houses will just be rented for the season while they're while they're shooting. So right, yeah. they're not actually owned. As as Mia was saying, she was renting like three residents and none of them were were owned. And now yeah. she's underwater. Yeah. 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 I will say another thing that I thought would be an interesting uh production choice was getting the backstory for Danielle's family drama explained to Melissa. I brought this up during the highlight section, but Mm -hmm. I think that one thing that is hard to, um, it's hard to communicate to someone that doesn't watch the shows, how heavy of a hand, um, like producers and editors, how they, how it's really a medium for them to do storytelling. Um, I mean, when people try to, um, when people have Nate, they often talk about like how contrived certain elements of housewives are as kind of a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But actually, like, I find it personally very interesting how uh, a set of producers and editors will construct these situations for in order to create conflict and have things play out and use their, um, you know, their jobs as a way of creating this, this art and, and, and telling stories. And I thought that this was a really good example of, you know, um, seeing uh, the sculptor's hands. Yeah, exactly. Producer storytelling for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, Dylan, how about you? Any final thoughts on either of the episodes that we watched? Uh, final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. Um, I do like that. I've already mentioned that I liked how we bring more of Danielle's family. I just like that Danielle's becoming a more like well-rounded character with each episode. I think that uh, augurs well for the for her the rest of the season, uh, more so than for Rachel, who was like they they tried to build a little bit more on Rachel's backstory too. I just thought it didn't have as much of a yeah of an impact. Um, yeah, you know, she talks about how she's got the cutest kid in the world, and her kid's like a three out of five at best. Like I'm not buying <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so between the two, uh, like newcomers, uh, um, you know, there, there's one that's that's going great and one that's going okay. Um, yeah, Danielle is having a breakout season. Uh, oh yeah, breakout rookie season, and yeah. uh, I definitely agree. Rachel is having a bit less remarkable of an intro. Yeah, um, they did, like you said, try to elicit some uh, sympathy when she was talking about wanting another kid and um, yeah. getting her sunroof cut open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a weird way to say cesarean. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, I also like when she starts crying a little bit, and and John very awkwardly is like, well, "Let me take a pause here. Uh, my wife oh, is crying." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the most Jersey accent possible. Now, let's yeah. take a pause here. My my wife's crying here. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. Well, I think that about does it for the Bravo Outsider today. Uh, yeah. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Oh, no, don't, don't find me. Give me your home address. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just a guy. I enjoyed this. Thank you very much for the opportunity <laughs> to uh, be here. You can find me on Pinterest. I don't know my username, but if you come across a board that's called effing the swear word food man, that's me <laughs> taking a sous vide and smoking. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, you can search him on LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll find him. Yeah, get me. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, how about you? Um, as always, you can find me talking about horror movies on the podcast Mind Over Splatter, uh, and you can find me on Substack where I put uh, various thoughts about various movies. And we've got a link to his Substack on our webpage. That's bravooutsider.com. You can find us on Instagram at bravooutsider. And until next week, uh, I don't know. Uh, keep on wifing. <laughs> keep, <yeah>, keep on <laughs> wifing. <laughs>